You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, season two, episode number 28, Cubs squeak past the Dodgers. Don't forget to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook, or email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Well, Crowley, uh, you got your wish. You aimed a little higher than me. The Cubs not only get one win, but get two wins, and they get past the Dodgers, but uh, a lot of drama in the uh, three-game series out in L.A. Dustin, my heart is still beating. I'm not. I, I'm. The, the the series just wrapped up, and I, I had a, a feeling two out of three was going to happen. It just didn't happen like I thought it would. Uh, the, the games on Saturday and Sunday completely threw me for a loop. So, <laughs> you know what, man? That's baseball. It's so unpredictable. It's such a wacky sport. I think that's why we love it, but it ages us horribly. Because I'm just telling you, man. I, I am seriously still just trying to catch my breath. Uh, from everything that happened on that one, so. All right, well, let's. Uh, yeah, what a weekend indeed for the Cubs. Let, let's get into it. Let's start back. We'll rewind to Friday, late night Friday night. At least you know for those of us to get up at two o'clock in the morning to go to work. Uh, let's get into Game One, which started a little bit after nine o'clock Friday. Yeah, you had the big lefty Justin Steele going up against the Dodgers Noah Syndergaard, and this, for the most part of it, was a pitcher's duel throughout most of the game. In the top of the third, Jan Gomes led off the inning with a single, and when Nico Horner struck out swinging, he stole second. You heard me correctly. Jan Gomes stole second. So Dansby Swanson struck out for the second out before Ian Hatt hit a ground rule double to give the Cubs a one to nothing lead. Now that lead was short-lived as the first batter in the bottom of the inning, Chris Taylor. He doesn't get a lot of hits, but when they do, they go out. He hits a solo home run off steal to tie the game. But in the top of the fourth, former Dodger Cody Bellinger doubles to lead off the scoring. He advances to third on a ground out by Patrick Wisdom and scores on a ground out by Eric Hosmers and the Cubs back in front two to one. Then in the top of the fifth, Jan Gomes leads off the inning with a solo home run to make it three to one. But the Dodgers had their own leadoff solo home run by Max Muncy in the seventh to make it a three to two ball game. So with the Cubs leading 3-2 in the top of the eighth, Dustin, it's a one-run game in the top of the eighth. Dave Roberts calls on Andre Jackson from the bullpen, and Ian Happ greeted him with a home run. In case you're keeping track, that's four home runs to lead off an inning in the game. The next batter, Seiya Suzuki, in the first game back from an oblique injury, hits one 406 feet 
with an exit velo of 107 MPHs, back-to-back jacks. Cody Bellinger flies out, but then Patrick Wisdom joins the home run party. Cubs blow this one open, leading 6-2. to two. Then in the top of the ninth, Jan Gomes hits his second home run of the game, fifth home run in the game to lead off an inning, and the Cubs would add another on an Ian Happ double, his fourth hit of the game, and the Cubs would take the game one, eight to two. I don't even know who what's the, what's the storyline here. There's so many great things that happened in this game, Dustin. Well, this was the Jan Gomes game, right? You know, there, everybody's going to have at least one of these kind of games, but uh, the most unlikely of heroes. They didn't need all of it, but just unbelievable. And he had a nice night behind the plate as well. You know, his connection with Justin Steele, obviously. But yeah, that that last Friday night was the Jan Gomes game. Absolutely, that that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna remember from that game. But Justin Steele had another quality start, six in his last seven outings, going seven innings, giving up seven innings pitch, going seven innings pitch, giving up only three hits, two of them solo home runs, um, one walk and eight Ks. I think it was his best start of the season. You know, we talked about Justin. I said his best yet to come. I thought he pitched really, really well. Brad Boxberger and Michael Rucker each pitched one inning of relief. As far as hitting, the Cubs scored eight runs on 12 hits. Ian Happ was four for four with two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs. That's another story. And then, like you said, Jan Gomes, three for four with two home runs, three RBIs, and a stolen base. <laughs> and now, a stolen base. <laughs> and, a sto- and a partridge in a pear tree, as you like to say. But, Dustin, there is something we got to talk about, and, and this is umpire Jim Wolf. You know, look, I'm all about these new rules but have common sense. That's really what it's about. So Cody Bellinger, as you know, played six seasons for with the Dodgers. He won the Rookie of the Year. He was an MVP, a two-time All-Star, and won a World Series with the Dodgers. Of course, in his first at-bat, the Dodgers fans are going to give him a standing ovation, and then Cody's going to wait and kind of just accept that, you know, kind of get the love from the fans. It's, it's been going on for years, and it's even happened this year. When uh, Andrew McCutcheon in Pittsburgh, he's back with the Pirates. His first at bat, and, you know, they didn't call a pitch clock violation. When, uh, what's his name, Uh, Eric Hosmer came back to Cincinnati. He he, did same thing, but Jim Wolf calls a pitch clock violation on Cody Bellinger and gives him a strike. What kind of clown show is this? Right. I almost wonder, I I almost wonder, and hear me out on this, I, I totally agree with you, but do you think any chance that the Dodgers skipper said to Jim Wolf, hey, Jim, rules are rules. Don't forget. You think that's something that was talked about maybe before the game started? I, you know what? I, I can't say it did or didn't. I can just say that you're the umpire and you have you can sit there and you, you're the one that's going to indicate when the pitch clock starts and stops. And again, I think just a little bit of common sense goes a long way in this one. You didn't have totally to agree. To- totally agree. I, I just, I just wonder if Roberts said, Hey, Wolf, don't forget. You, you knew that was going to happen. I mean, going into the series, that was, that was a storyline. They, I, I saw in the pregame notes out there on social media, people covering the team, wondering out loud if this was going to happen. And indeed it did happen. Um, it happened and, but, but my whole, my whole point is, is that it's not like there hasn't been a precedence. This was the first time this has ever happened. Oh, right. It's happened in other games and right. umpires have handled it brilliantly. Right. And, and, and I, I know, I don't see, I don't know Dave Roberts personally. I, I know from what I hear, he's a decent enough human being that when Cody Bellinger, his player for all those years 
He's not going to say you can't. Yeah, I'm just speculating, right? I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out a reason why Jim Wolf would not have used common sense. But yes, he could use another shot of common sense. There is no doubt about that. So a good game one for the Cubs, and and you know we thought that you know my thought was you know Noah Syndergaard the Cubs were going to beat up on him, and they really didn't. It really was Andre Jackson they beat up on. You know that was one of the best games that uh, Syndergaard had in a while. But that was one that I had in my my little book that the Cubs were going to win that one. And I had the Cubs winning game two, and I was kind of almost right, but uh, disappointing game for me. <laughs> kind of almost right on game number two. It was, it was disappointing, and uh, it, it gets even more disappointing after what happened on Sunday. We'll get there in a minute, but Crawley, walk us through as you, uh, as you do so well. Now, this started as a pitcher's duel and stay, stayed that way. Uh, Dustin, I know you said this was a start, a start you wanted to see from Jameson Tyone. He had a rough first inning. He threw nearly 30 pitches, but he didn't give up any runs. Then in the second, Michael Vargas, who had a really good series, singled. And then Jason Hayward, with revenge on his mind, jacked one to straight center, but former Dodger Cody Bellinger, with revenge on his mind, jumps up at the wall and steals a two-run homer from Jason Hayward. And then after that, Tyone settled down and had what I would say is his best performance this year as a Cub. Oh, now, without after- a doubt. I mean, seriously, absolutely positively, without a doubt, this was his best start as a Cub so far. Now, after a dominant offensive performance on Friday, eight runs, the Cubs' offense disappeared against Michael Grove. So this is where on my book I had the Cubs beating the Dodgers. Grove is the Dodgers' number seven starter. He's only on the team because of injuries to Walker Bueller, Tony Goslin, and even rookie Ryan Pepio was ahead of him. So he started the game with an ERA over nine. He went 5.2 innings and gave up two hits. One of them a solo home run by Patrick Wisdom, his second homer in consecutive games in the fifth inning. The Cubs had an opportunity to add to their one nothing lead. Seiya Suzuki let off the seventh with a single, but he was caught stealing. I had no idea why he's trying to steal Coming back from an oblique injury, it made no sense. Well, that's that's exactly it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So uh, been super aggressive. The Cubs have been super aggressive on the basis, but there is no reason for Suzuki in that situation to be doing that. Very next batter, Cody Bellinger, walks. He takes second on a wild pitch, but then the next two batters, Trey Mancini and pitch hitter Edward and Rios, both struck out. Then in the top of the eighth with one out, and this is where people are just livid, Tucker Barnhart singled and Nico and Dansby both walked. But with one out and the bases loaded, Ian Happ and Seiya Suzuki both struck out to end the threat. Now, the Dodgers yeah, couldn't do anything tough. offensively. That was tough last night. Yeah. That was frustrating. Yeah, bases loaded, heart of the order, you got to be able to come through with a run, at least one there, right? Yep. So... The Dodgers couldn't do anything offensively either. Mark Leiter Jr. pitched one inning and struck out three batters. Keegan Thompson went two innings, struck out two, looked really good. The Dodgers had only two hits, Dustin, through eight innings. A single in the first and a single in the second. That's 
it. But in the ninth inning, Michael Fulmer came in to close the game. Didn't go well. JD's Martinez lines out for the first out of the inning. But then James Outman singled and Michael Vargas doubled down the left field line. With runners at second and third and one out, Jason Hayward came up to the play. Fulmer struck him out, and the Cubs are one out away from taking the series. David Roberts calls on David Peralta to pinch hit. He singled, and both Outman and Vargas scored to walk it off. Dustin, the big question, and I know you guys are probably going to talk about it on the Mully and Haas show tomorrow morning. Should they have walked Peralta? Should they have pitched him? Where were you at on that? Well, it sounds like if you read through the uh, muddiness after the game, it sounded like the plan was not to intentionally walk him, but to pitch around him, and Fulmer just got a little too much of the plate, and that wasn't the game plan. So I think the idea was to, air quote, pitch around him. Um, but my why people also were saying there was a – a catcher that they didn't think was available that ended up was available. He was on the on the bench, so there was some speculation that somebody wasn't available that ended up actually being available to the Dodgers. Um, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, obviously. But if you're going to pitch around a guy, when I find that out, then why not just give him the four, right? Just here you go, just go over there. No need to right. play around. So Fulmer didn't execute the game plan. I guess that's what I'm reading into this. Right, and so the, the guy you're talking about is Will Smith. He's their everyday catcher, and he just today on Sunday went on the IL for concussion protocol. And so he was technically on the bench. He was technically able to pinch hit yesterday, um, and so they didn't But people, the, the fans, the fans like you and I were thinking that he wasn't available, so that's why they were mad at Ross because they thought he was unavailable at that time, and they were basically down to one available pinch hitter at that moment. Right. And and again, you know, who who knows what happens, but either way, it's a loss. And and if you and if you can score when you have the bases loaded and one out in the heart of your order up, it doesn't matter, right? You don't win a lot of games in this league right now with one run. Very hard to do. Right. You're not gonna win right. a lot of one nothing games. So Tyone went five point two innings, gave up two hits, no runs, two walks and seven Ks. Leiter pitched a scoreless inning and Keegan pitched two scoreless innings. Fulmer was charged with the blown save, and this is what I'm talking about and what you're talking about. Offensively, the Cubs had one run on four hits. Patrick Wisdom with the home run, 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. That cannot happen. Nope, that's the stat. We don't like to talk. The old Rispy, 0 for 8 Rispy, not a uh, recipe for uh, a W. No, and then, again, I, I had that game pegged as an easy number two. You know, that I thought series win, no problem. Michael Grove. We just had eight runners the night before. We're going to crush this guy. And now you put yourself in a bad position. you got to face one of the best pitchers in all of baseball to win the rubber match of the series, and that's Julio Urias. And this game definitely lived up to my expectations. Like I said, still have some, like, heartburn going on right now. Yeah, it was a fun ball game, absolute fun ball game to watch. Glad I caught every pitch of it. Bottom of the third, Chris Taylor, again, doesn't hit a lot, doesn't hit much for average, but when he does put a bat on it, very similar to Patrick Wisdom, it goes a long way. He hits a home run that bounces off the foul pole. Dodgers are up one nothing, and you're thinking that's all they need with Julio Urias on the mound. But then the Cubs tied in the bottom of the fourth with, you know, when Cody, with one out, Cody Bellinger hustling out of the box, reaches on a fielding error by second baseman Miguel Vargas. What a hustle play by Belly. I mean, if he just kind of lollygags it or something, Vargas recovers and gets the out. He now, was extra motivated, Crowley. It felt like all weekend long, huh? All weekend. 
all weekend. He stole the home run from Hayward the night on Saturday night, right? I mean, he he was motivated all weekend in L.A. Absolutely, and and, and so you you look there, and now he's able to steal second, which is hard because Urias has a great move. Jan Gomes grounds out to move him to third. And then he scored on a Luis Torrens infield single to Urias that Urias almost threw away. So the Cubs tie it up. Nico and Dansby, it seemed to me, Dustin, that after that, he kind of went on tilt a little bit, right? He kind of oh. he lost his composure. He was definitely shaken up, no doubt about it. Nico and Dan, he was mad about the air. He was mad about that infield single that just kind of bounced in front of him and he kind of stumbled to get the ball. And then Nico and Dansby followed up with singles to load the bases, but Ian Happ didn't have the greatest of games today. He grounded out to end the threat. Um, and then when he came out in the six, he didn't look as crisp. He got the first two outs, but it wasn't the same pitcher. And then Patrick Wisdom hit a home run for the third game in a row, becoming the third Cubs in history with three home runs in a series at Dodger Stadium. David King Kong Kingman does it in 78, and the Sarge Gary Matthews in 86. Then Cody Bellinger follows it up with his home run of his own, back-to-back jacks, that makes it 3-1, and when Jan Gomes hits a single after that, Julio Urias was done for the day, and he was frustrated. Yeah, it was interesting to get rid of him. I, I would have never had expected the Cubs to have run him out like they did. And you know what? It's never easy for the Cubs, especially on the West Coast. In the bottom of the seventh and one out, Albert Alzale walk Chris Taylor. You know, Austin Barnes gets his first hit of the season to put runners at the corner. Then Mookie Betts hits one that Seiya Suzuki completely loses in the sun. He's just helpless, and the ball drops about six feet behind him. So a run was going to score anyway, but you only have one out now as opposed to two. And now you got runners, uh, you know, you got, uh, you moved Barnes to second and the Cubs lead is three to two. Mark Leiter again comes into the game. Dude, that guy has got ice running through his veins. He gets Freddie Friedman to strike out. Could be the does, play of the game. Could, could possibly be the out of the game. Huge. Then he gets J.D. Martinez to ground a ball to Swanson, who we've talked about. Normally very sure-handed, but it hit off the lip of the grass, Funky. Hit the heel of his glove. Everybody's safe. Bases loaded, two outs. The one guy I told you hot and not, Max Muncy, when he's got runners on, is just a different hitter. He's got the bases loaded game on the line, and Leiter Jr. gets another strikeout. Two huge strikeouts against Freeman and Muncy. Leiter has just absolutely impressed me so much this season. Awfully good so far. Awfully good. Like you said, you know, everyone I think overreacted to what happened with Fulmer in the uh, game before. He came in today in the eighth. He looked fine. Box Boatburger closed out in the ninth. But you know who didn't look fine, Dustin? The home plate <laughs> umpire. Oh, my God. Look, I'm a Cub fan. You know that pure and true, man. But look, you want the game. You want to win because you won, not because the umpire made some bad calls. And in the ninth inning, that was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Jason Hayward called out, and and it wasn't even close. These pitches weren't even close. Well, Hayward's, I I, I felt Hayward's was worse than Freeman's. Well, well, there was the one against it was it was against Hayward, and that was just ridiculous. And then I'm trying to think on the last one was, was another strikeout. It looked like it looked like the umpire had a hot date. It looked like right. he wanted to get going, man. It just. It was these were not even close, and so I'm going to look at ump scorecards tomorrow to see what happens, because that was yeah uh, yeah Mookie bet singled and then the Friedman one that was just yeah. awful awful. 
So, but how about after how about after that strikeout, Crowley? Did you notice that on on Marquee, the guy stands up, rips open the shirt, and there's a big W with a Chicago flag <laughs> W. That was awesome. We didn't pay him to be there, but uh, hey, he was flying his W, right? Uh, Drew Smiley came up big, 5.2 innings. He went toe to toe with Urias, and he was not happy about getting pulled himself. Gave up four hits, one run, two walks, and three Ks. Alzali point two innings. He gave up a run. Lighter point two innings. Two of the point, the biggest point two innings you'll ever see. And then Fulmer with the hold, Boxberger with the save. The offense scored three runs on 11 hits. Home runs by Wisdom and Bellinger. Horner was two for four. Swanson three for five. So uh, those guys, you know, good to see Swanson kind of have a bounce back game. But again, Rispy, we're talking about two for seven. They left nine guys on base. Um, I felt like, or, you know, I'm sorry, that was the Dodgers with the Cubs. It wasn't great either. I was looking at it earlier. Two for nine with 10 left on base. So, you know what? Anytime the Cubs can walk out of uh, Chavez Ravine Stadium and, and get that with victory, I will take it all the time. Dustin, that was the first time that the Cubs won a series in L.A. since 2014. Wow. We're talking about nearly a decade. Wow, I, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. They've got to be on a high as they're going to jump on a plane any minute now as we're recording this podcast and uh, head north up to uh, Oakland to uh, get ready to take on the A's. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.